things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Prep taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Special edition coming your way. It's necessary, y'all, when the king is talking about relinquishing his crown and walking away. Stephen A. Smith show in the house. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith show. As you well know. That is the name of the show from this day forward, moving forward. I changed the name from No Mercy to Stephen A. Smith last week to the Stephen A. Smith show because, damn it, it is my show. My name does have resonance. And so I decided why go with anything else? That's why it is re- has been renamed the Stephen A. Smith show and will be that way pretty much forever. As long as I'm around. By the way, we're here in our studios. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. We're having this special edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show today because I usually come at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I've been doing that live, by the way, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And I'm going to try to always come at you live. Never worry about that. But I'm coming at you on this day, a special extra edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show because I didn't want to wait till tomorrow. And I didn't want to wait till tomorrow because the Los Angeles Lakers got swept. I could care less. I knew they was going to get swept. I told y'all yesterday they were going to get swept. Okay? I knew that was going to happen. When you got Jokic averaging a triple-double. Okay? And by the way, when I'm looking at his number right now, he finished the series averaging 27.8 points, 4.5 rebounds, 11.8 assists on 50% shooting, 47% from three-point range. What do you expect? When you got Jamal Murray averaging 32.5 points, Shooting 50% from the field, 52.7% to be exact, 40.5% from three-point range, okay? And you're looking at him, shooting better than 90%, 95% to be exact, from the free-throw line. That's 50, 40, and 90, while averaging over 30 in a conference finals. Nobody has done that in NBA history until Jamal Murray just did it. What do you expect from the Lakers? Especially when LeBron shows up by himself, averaging scoring 31 points in the first half, finishing the game with 40, and nobody really, really showed up to give him a punch offensively. I know what Anthony Davis did defensively, but offensively, when LeBron James needed him, he couldn't answer the call. Up and down, up and down. Mr. Roller Coaster. That's what he is offensively due to energy. Not his game, not his skill set. Energy. And that's a different subject for all of y'all to figure out. Why is it that LeBron James is always ready and in shape And Anthony Davis works to get in shape. That's the subject that Anthony Davis is going to have to answer. He's great. But his conditioning is highly questionable. I'll leave it at that. 
I don't need to get into all of that. That's not why I'm doing a special edition of the Stephen A. Smith show. I'm doing a special edition of the Stephen A. Smith show. I'm not even doing it because of what happened on first take earlier this morning when J.J. Reddick and I got into it. And I'll get to that a little bit later on in this episode. Don't you worry. I'll touch on that. See, that's the dangerous part about me having my own show, having a podcast, because you see, I get to touch on whatever I want to talk about whenever I want to talk about it. And a conversation doesn't end until I say it's over. Which is a beautiful position to be in. Like I said, I'll touch on Mr. Old Man in the Three, Mr. J.J. Reddick himself, a little bit later on in this show. But I'm here today because of LeBron James. Because LeBron James, in the aftermath of losing to the Denver Nuggets, of the Los Angeles Lakers getting swept, of LeBron James suffering the third sweep of his career and talking to the media about his future. This is what LeBron James said that shocked the hell out of all of us. Listen to this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going, going forward with the game of basketball, got a lot to think about. I never expected to hear that from LeBron James. LeBron James has basically told the world he's contemplating retirement. It's hard to imagine that it came to this because forget basketball for a second. Think about the father. And I have to admit, LeBron James and the imagery that he has, if you read my book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes, which was a New York Times bestseller, you'll know my story about my relationship with my dad. When I think about LeBron James and I see his relationship with his sons, Bronny and Bryce, I just can't say enough about the role model and inspiration that he is and how he deserves all the praise in the world that he gets. That man loves his children. And you could just see what a wonderful father he is because you see them around him and you see how wonderful he is with them. And his wife, Savannah, I can't say enough. I think she's the first lady of the NBA. I really, really do. She's just class personified. She's special. Aisha Curry's there too. Don't get me wrong. They're both fantastic. But Savannah is just, she's something special. And I bring all of that up to say this. LeBron James has been saying for the last year plus, all he wants to do, all he's got left to do is he wants to be in the NBA when his son is there. He wants to play with his son. He's told us that on numerous occasions, and we know what a phenomenal father he is. We know how much he loves his children. We know we've seen him at Bronny's games in Sierra Canyon, and now he's going to be at USC next year as a freshman. From what I was told, it came down to USC and Ohio State, and he elected to go to USC because he wanted to be near home near his family, which is obviously right here in L.A. now, not necessarily Akron, Ohio. 
That's what Bronny want. That's what Bronny wanted to do. That's what he ended up doing. And LeBron James obviously is right here in town playing for the Lakers. So it's a beautiful thing. If he was at his games in high school, what you think he gonna do when USC got a game? You know what LeBron is going to do. And so having this desire, this insatiable appetite to play with his son, how did it transfer from that to LeBron James saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to walk away from this game. First order of business is, do you believe him? Do you believe him? No. I do not believe LeBron James. I do not believe that he's going to retire and not come back to play for the 2023-2024 NBA season. I don't believe that for one second. But it doesn't minimize the significance of his words, his apprehension, his trepidation, his contemplation. It does not minimize those words in any way. And I'm going to tell you why. Rather than wonder about whether or not LeBron James is going to retire. What we should be asking ourselves is. Why would he even say that? Why is he even considering it? I'm going to tell you why he's considering it. Because he knows he doesn't have enough. He knows that the troops that he's teammates with right now can't, ain't going to get it done. And there's one significant culprit in all of it that's pushed LeBron James to this point. I don't care what he says. I don't care what he denies. I don't care what anybody who's anybody's defense tries to come to. It's Anthony Davis. That's why LeBron James made that statement. That's right. I said it. LeBron James plays with a guy in Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just finished averaging 26 points, 14 rebounds, 49% shooting from the field, 50% from three-point range in this series sweep to the loss to the Denver Nuggets. Anthony Davis is big time. When healthy and on a basketball court, his A game is a top seven player in the world. This is not a conversation about the skill of Anthony Davis. This is not about a conversation about the greatness of Anthony Davis when he's great. This is a question about whether or not LeBron James can trust him. They can hug all they want to. They can come up with one of those unique handshakes that LeBron James has with practically every teammate he has. Everybody got a different handshake and he memorizes all of them. I don't know how he does it. I mean, damn, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to understand why he don't know 10 languages by now, considering all the damn handshakes he's memorized. But the flip side to all of this is this. You don't make a statement like that unless you don't trust your brother. Unless you don't trust that he's going to be there. And that's really where we have to get into Anthony Davis. I'm sick and tired of playing games. We're going to call this like we said. Anthony Davis came into the NBA in the 2012-2013 season. Since 2017, the 2017-2018 season, when Anthony Davis played 75 games, these are the number of games that Anthony Davis has played. 62, 36, 
And obviously we had COVID going on at that particular moment in time. So we get that four month hiatus when the season was stalled before they went back to the bubble in Orlando and the Lakers won the championship. Okay. We're going to call this what it is. Anthony Davis. Played 62 games that year. The next season, which was 72 games, he played 36. That's 50% of the season. Last year, he played 40 games. That's damn near 50% of the season. Less than 50% to be exact, because 40 ain't half of 82. And then this past season, he played 56 games. He missed 26 games. That's just the games he played and missed. We ain't talking about the games he might as well have missed because he was a no-show. Because he had no energy. Now, we can debate why that is. I don't know what he's eating. I don't know what kind of lifestyle he lives. I don't know who his strength and conditioning coach is. I don't know how much time he puts in the gym. I don't know how often he gets on a track, the treadmill, or Peloton, something. I don't know. But somebody needs to find out. Somebody needs to find out. Because when it comes to Anthony Davis, the only thing you can trust is sporadic availability. Not his game. We know his game is big time. I'm talking about sporadic availability because either, either he's absent literally or he's absent figuratively. Just look at the postseason. Look at the uptown game. Look at the up and down games. Look at what he did in even games compared to what he did in odd games. It was a roller coaster ride until they closed out Golden State in games five and six. He played well, dropped 40 in game one against Denver. Was a virtual no-show on 4-15 shooting from the field in game two. Last night, LeBron James shows up at the Crypto.com arena Age 38, going on age 39 in his 20th season in the NBA. The, dr- the brother dropped 31 in the first half. Anthony Davis had four points. Four. There was nothing inside of Anthony Davis that said, my brother, I love you so much. I appreciate you. Look at what you did. I got you from here. He's eight years younger than LeBron James. Eight years. And LeBron's conditioning puts him to shame. LeBron's durability, even though he misses this year games, puts him to shame. And LeBron James right now, no matter what he tells anybody, is basically sending a message to the Lakers and to Anthony Davis. I don't necessarily believe in what we've got. We ain't beating Denver next year. What if Phoenix gets better? What about the Clippers? We got to be concerned about them. They right there in town. And even though Kawhi Leonard is never healthy, they bust our ass every time they play us. What about them? If you're LeBron James, you've been to 10 NBA finals. You've been to at least 11 conference finals. You've been here. You know what it takes. Which means you know whether you have what you need or not. LeBron James does not make this statement if he's looking at this Lakers team and he's saying specifically Anthony Davis because those other guys, Hachimura is somebody you should keep. Austin Reeves is somebody you should keep. You could question Vanderbilt. Don't get me started with D'Angelo Russell and how he looked in this series. 
averaging six points, scoring four points last night, looking pathetic. Don't get me started with him. I'm in a good mood. I don't feel like being insulting. But y'all know what he did do. And you know he cost himself a boatload of money. He don't need me raining on the parade he already rained on. I'm going to leave him alone today. But if you're LeBron James, you know that you don't have enough. And yes, Kyrie Irving was sitting courtside last night. Right under the basket, on the baseline, behind, or rather a few feet away from the Nuggets bench. I would know because I was right behind Kyrie Irving. That's where my seat was. And I'm telling you, I ain't asking, I ain't guessing. LeBron wants that man in L.A. But it's one thing to want a Kyrie Irving in L.A. It's another thing entirely to feel like you desperately need him because you have little faith in the availability and reliability of your number two, which is Anthony Davis. That is why LeBron James made the statement that he made, put in the basketball world in an uproar. He can tell you what he want. I don't give a damn. I'm telling you what I feel. And yes, it might be my belief. But it's an educated one. You figure out why that is. While I take this break. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about whether or not LeBron James believes in this franchise any longer. Whether he believes in Anthony Davis any longer. Whether Kyrie Irving is worth the risk that LeBron James may insist upon the Lakers taking in order for this franchise to move forward with him. Do I think he's going to walk away? Hell no. But that's because I think the Lakers are going to do what's necessary. Not because I believe that LeBron James ain't capable of changing his mind and telling his son, I'll step away from the game. I might come back when you get to the league, but I'm going to step away rather than put my body and my mind through this for futile reasons. Think about that. Back with more to Stephen A. Smith show in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? One of the things that I refuse to talk about is whether LeBron James should retire because of his skill set. LeBron James right now, and he said this last night, is better than 95% of the league. That is a fact. There is no denying the greatness of LeBron James. Okay? When I look at him right now, he turns 39 in December. He already made the All-NBA team this year. Okay? When you look at him and what he brings to the table, there is no doubt. Still one ring, one ring short for one for the thumb. Hasn't captured a fifth NBA championship. But he's still the only player in NBA history, 38 years or older, to average 20 or more points in a regular season game and play in that season's NBA 
uh, he would have been if he had played in that season, this season's NBA Finals. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the only player that did that. He did that in 84-85. Averaged 22 points per game for the Lakers at age 38. If LeBron had made it to the finals, he would have been the second player. But this is what is telling about LeBron James. Let's just take last Monday night's game into consideration, game four. LeBron James scored 21 points in the first quarter, seven of nine shooting. 10 points in the second quarter, hit all four of his shots. That's 31 points for the half. Then he hit six points on three of six shooting in the third quarter and three points on one of six shooting in the fourth quarter. It is conceivable, if not downright likely, the man was tired. What's wrong with him being tired? The reality of the situation is if you have pieces around him who are doing what they're supposed to do, LeBron starts and then he can come in and finish. But somebody is supposed to be able to carry the load for at least a couple of quarters. Give him a reprieve, a break. Why the hell you think he wants Kyrie Irving? Because that's what Kyrie Irving does. Now, I have been on the record. Kyrie and I have had our issues. And damn it, They'll probably never go away. I never once told you I didn't respect him. I never once told you he was not great. I never once told you he wasn't sensational in box office. A matter of fact, I'm on the record saying that Kyrie Irving is worth $50 million per year in today's NBA economy. After all, Jalen Brown who I love, by the way, who's a member of the Boston Celtics, who's on the verge of getting swept his damn self, who's shooting two or 20 from three-point range, all right, and 37% from the field in this series against the Miami Heat. He's in line to get a five-year, five, five, I'm sorry, five-year, $295 million extension. He ain't gonna get that much, but he's in line to get nearly $60 million a year. Don't tell me Kyrie ain't worth 50. Kyrie box office. He's spectacular. The ball handling skills, his sensational scoring ability, his ability to finish at the basket. Kyrie is sensational. My issue with him is one thing and one thing only. There's always an excuse to miss work. That is my position. I'm not changing it on it. But that's not for me or anybody else to interpret that as me castigating his character and talking about him like a dog. I'm not doing that to Kyrie Irving. I cover the damn game of basketball. If somebody don't show up to work, I'm going to say they don't show up to work. If somebody's sporadic and questionably reliable like Anthony Davis because of his up and down tendencies, I'm going to say it. And if somebody is great like LeBron James, I'm going to pay homage to that brother and tell you he's great. Just like Tony the Tiger said, great. I'm going to say it. LeBron James is that dude. Didn't look good shooting from three-point range this 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 series. Ended up shooting 26% from three-point range, but I ain't counting that. That was just the last game. He walked into the game shooting two or 24 from three-point range. He walked into the game shooting that. Into game four. I had to tell him, stay off the three! Because that's how bad it was. But that's all I could say about him. Big, strong, athletic, finishes at the basket, jump shooting, post game. I mean, he's the complete package. But no matter what I feel about LeBron James' greatness as a player, what's undeniable is what he's meant to the game. We have all benefited from the greatness of LeBron James.
Not only do I not think he should retire, I don't want him to retire. Because we will miss him when he's gone. And we should cherish every second we have with him around. But the reality is, is that his statement last night that brought into question his future was justified. Because Anthony Davis primarily has put him in that position. Because as great as Anthony Davis is, and as much as he helped LeBron James capture that championship, his fourth in that bubble, what's inescapable is the fact and the reality that Anthony Davis's durability has become a question mark. And I'm not talking about just getting hurt. I'm talking about the kind of durability, y'all, that when you see the brother on a basketball court, sometimes I look at Anthony Davis and wonder, what the hell you've been doing? You eating a bunch of crunch berries like I've, I, I used to do before I, I had to cut out the cereal? You know, you on Skittles and Twizzlers like Lamar Odom used to be? I mean, what the hell are you putting in your damn body? Why the hell are you breathing with your mouth open like they need to put an oxygen mask on you in the second damn quarter? Y'all keep talking about his game. I ain't got nothing to say about Anthony Davis's game. He's great. They had some report. You know, he cut me or me off on Twitter. See, y'all some slimy asses. Some of you people in the media out there. Even my contemporaries, my colleagues. I never talk about my colleagues. Ever. But some of y'all get on my damn nerves. And sometimes I be saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to use this platform. I'm just going to get in y'all ass. There was actually stories circulating, going viral. Anthony Davis you know, unfollowed Stephen A. Respectfully, do I look like I give a shit if Anthony Davis is following me or not? Are you insane? Why would that matter to me? First of all, I have millions of followers. Secondly, I ain't losing no sleep over Anthony Davis not following me. Secondly, thirdly, and more importantly, why do y'all care so much? See, this is the secret, ladies and gentlemen. For some folks, not all, not most, but some folks in the media that y'all need to understand. See, there's certain people, most people in my industry, I have profound respect for. But overall, I respect the industry so much that even when I could get on a colleague or whatever, I don't. On a contemporary, I don't. I'm just as protective of them. As players and coaches and general managers and stuff like that are of each other. There's a code that I follow because I believe in it. It's unwritten, but it's understood. You just don't do that. But there are other people. Other people. There are other people. That are just slimy asses. And let me tell you why I call them slimy. You see, I came up in a business where you actually had to go out and do stuff. You had to break stories. You had to cultivate resources. You had to make contacts. You had to have inroads to intel and information so you could get in front of the microphone and the camera and actually know what the hell you're talking about. Now you got slick ass people and this is what they do. They try to pretend they're relevant by building their numbers simply peeling stuff off of online and stuff like that to make it a story. How much work does it take to say that Anthony Davis unfollowed Stephen A? You don't have to go to the arena. 
You don't have to talk to players, coaches, managers, executives, owners, etc. You don't have to do any of that. All you get to do is sit back, look at what's circulating online and talk shit. You don't have to work like I do. But I digress. My point is, I don't care whether Anthony Davis follows me or not. I'm not having Thanksgiving dinner with him and I'm not here to exchange Christmas gifts with him. And that goes for him or anybody in professional sports, athletes, coaches, general managers, presidents of operations, owners. I don't give a damn. I care about being fair. I care about being humane. I care about being decent. And I care about being as accurate as I can possibly come close to being. That's it. Other than that, I sleep very well at night. And Anthony Davis don't stop this train. And neither does a LeBron James. But I'm still man enough to say, we're going to miss that brother when he's gone. Because he is a treasure to the institution of basketball. LeBron James knows he deserves better than what he has. Here's what I would tell LeBron James. I hear you loud and clear. I feel you. I don't blame you one bit for throwing that out there for everybody to understand. But I will shock you by saying this. The Lakers actually deserve your vote of confidence. I never dreamed of my wildest dreams that Rob Palenka would be able to sit there and change this roster the way that he did. He went out and got Hachimura before the trading deadline. He went out and got rid of Russell Westbrook. He went out and brought you Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, okay, and Malik Beasley. I actually thought Beasley should have played a little bit more in this series. Give him a chance. I think he could have did for you some of the things Lonnie Walker did for you. You just look at some of the pieces that the Los Angeles Lakers have. Rob Palenka did that. And Jeannie Buss, the incomparable, wonderful Jeannie Buss, gave him the authority to do it. This is not a day to throw shade on the Los Angeles Lakers. They did not have, they did not fail this season. They had a successful season. They were a 13th seed for most of this year. They were once at 25 and 30. And they finished the season like 17 and 10, got into the playing game, got into the playoffs and advanced all the way to the conference finals. I don't even remember if the Lakers were in the playoff game or not. I'm sorry. But they were in the playoffs. Beat Memphis. Beat Golden State. And then turned around. And got to the conference finals before they lost to Jokic. This season is a success. And it's because of Rob Palenka. And Jeannie Buss. If you LeBron James, if that's your way of saying you want Kyrie Irving, wait a minute now. LeBron James is going to miss 25 to 30 games. He wakes up wondering how he's going to feel day to day and then makes his call. He's going to miss 25 to 30 games. You best believe Anthony Davis is going to miss 25 to 30 games. If that's going to happen, how do you bring in a guy in Kyrie Irving that's going to miss 22 to 27 games? Who's going to play enough for you consistently enough to ensure that you win enough regular season games so you can have a relatively higher seed. You don't have to be in a playing tournament. 
And you get to spell for LeBron James. Do you sacrifice your depth? I think so, honestly. So long as you keep Reeves and Hachimura. Got to lose Lonnie Walker, fine. You got to lose D'Angelo Russell, hell yeah. Mo Bamba, go ahead and give him up. You don't have picks to offer. Kyrie wants out of Dallas. He's sitting courtside for a reason. Ladies and gentlemen, those seats that Kyrie wherever was sitting in, Lakers give those to you. I would know. He didn't just buy them. Trust you me, Kyrie Irving ain't sent courtside unless the Lakers facilitated that. That ain't an accident. And if he wants his money, Dallas is going to have to be a cooperative because that's the team he's with right now, although he's approaching free agency this summer. We shall see what happens. Compromise your depth to some degree for a Kyrie Irving, but not Hachimura, not Reeves. And for me, not Dennis Schroeder either. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Whether it's because he wants Kyrie Irving or not, it is clear the inescapable fact as to why LeBron James said, I want out. I may want out. I'm sorry. I may want to walk away. Knowing the money he's owed. I think it's like $97 million over the next two years. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so f- please don't quote me. But if LeBron James is saying that, no matter what he wants, with Kyrie Irving becoming a Laker or somebody else, the one undeniable fact is that he is clearly saying he doesn't have enough. If Anthony Davis was better conditioned, and more durable, there's no way in hell LeBron James would be saying that. It comes down to Anthony Davis, whether AD likes it or not. I respect the hell out of AD. Got mad love for him. Great person. Great player. Spoke to his daddy the other night. That was a lot of fun arguing back and forth with him in a very friendly, respectful manner. Love his dad. He knows I'm not questioning AD's and met his mama. Mama A.D. will call her. Wonderful woman. Stevie A. loves the mamas. Always have, always will. But I told her the same thing. He's got to play more. That's the issue. It's the only issue. LeBron knows he can't. That's why LeBron James said what he said. That ain't the end of this show. That's just the end of my discussion on LeBron James. First take made news this morning because J.J. Reddick and I got into it a little bit. You didn't think I was going to be quiet about that, did you? Nah. Not on the Stephen A. Smith show. Buckle up. I'll be back in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? You know, <clears throat> news is always gonna be made, I guess, when it comes to me. You know, 
I don't know if people realize this or not, but on ESPN YouTube channel alone, I average over 1.7 billion views a year. So on pace to escalate to about 2.4 billion this year. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I'm saying it any damn way. I'm kind of a viral magnet, I guess. To some of y'all, y'all would love that. To me, I don't always love it. I can care less when you've been in the business as long as I have. I mean, I don't look my age. I'm 55. I think I look a little younger than 55. Um, but I'm still young enough, young at heart. Keep my ear and my nose to the grind. That younger generation that I want to have a, a positive influence upon any chance that I get is something I take seriously. Not perfect. I certainly make my mistakes. Going to make a lot more, by the way. Um, but I am who I am. For better or worse, I'm Stephen A, baby. I've always been that way. I'm always going to be that way. That's who my mama raised me to be. When I think about sustaining anything that I've ever achieved in my life, my mentality is is that you can never pull that off being a phony because you'll always be exposed as being trying to be something that you're not because you weren't busy just simply being who you are. I bring up that because a little bit of me show today after J.J. Reddick tried to show himself today on first take, we were speaking about LeBron's potential retirement. And uh, J.J. Reddick went on a soliloquy that I didn't quite deduce with clarity, you know, because I wanted him to be more direct. And that morphed into something else. And because of it, that clip has gone viral. Me and J.J. Reddick. Before I even comment any further, look for yourself. There's some, some, some earnesty in these comments. And it, it's, it's not just for a calculated reason. Uh, he's coming off year 20, age 38, a long playoff run where he's had to play a ton of minutes with an injury. And... It's just human nature that you would begin to say, oh, maybe I'm nearing the end. Go ahead, Wendy. I mean, I, I, listen, I listened to every word J.J. just said. I don't understand much of what he just said, but I listen. But go ahead, Wendy. Well, you didn't play, you first, Stephen A. And then I'll try. Exactly. You didn't play. I didn't comprehend. I'm sorry. You don't understand our athletic limit. mortality. Three I games understand. at wherever Sa- South Dakota, uh, Winston-Salem State doesn't count. Yes, I got you. <laughs> I understand. I got a degree and I'm here on TV TV with you. I must be doing something right. Oh, you're definitely doing things right. You damn right. Go ahead. Okay, guys, let's go. (sighs) JJ, JJ, JJ. Oh, you see, this is the part that's kind of fun. Because there's something that y'all don't know. Let me give you a little insight in the first take. And I don't mind bringing up first take, even though this is my podcast. I own and operate it. This is the Stephen A. Smith show. It has nothing to do with ESPN, all that other stuff. We all know what my day job is. 
I'm the co-host and the star First Take, which is on ESPN every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. I've been on the show since 2012. It's 11 and a half years. I've been number one every single year. I'm not going to win many popularity contests. Props to my man, Ryan Clark, who's the NFL contributor for us, who does a phenomenal job, who also has his podcast um, everywhere, The Pivot with uh, Crowder and Fred Taylor. I love all of those brothers, but especially Ryan Clark. That's my dog. That's my man. We're very tight. I love him to death. So proud of him and the Emmy that he won last night. Um, J.J. Reddick, by the way, got nominated for an Emmy as one of the bright young new stars on television, and he deserves it, by the way. Um, It's something that y'all got to know about me. I don't give a shit about popularity contests. I never have. If people are watching listening and reacting to the things that I have to say, I'm good. I've never won an Emmy. I've never been nominated for an Emmy. If people who've won those things, that makes them better than me, God bless them. I hope everybody wins an Emmy. I'm not hating. Go for yours. Because when you're somebody like me who announces to the world, I don't give a damn about popularity contests. You don't necessarily expect to be popular. And sometimes you're going to agitate people and you're going to get on their last damn nerves. And there's a few times this year that I've done that to J.J. Reddick. I don't give a damn. I could care less. Because that's what First Take is all about. Real, true, authentic conversation about issues permeating in the world of sports and beyond. That's what I pride first take in being. That's what I've insisted on it being and maintaining itself to be. So folks out there that are going off on viral and wondering if J.J. Reddick and I are going at it. We were just on the phone a little while ago. I love J.J. Reddick. Love him. Want me to tell you why I love him? Want me to tell you why you should love him? Because J.J. is always J.J unapologetically he's going to say what he feels he's going to mean what he says he ain't one of them phony inauthentic asses that smiles in your face and sits there and stabs you in the back at every turn if jj don't like something you said he'll look you right in your face and tell you if jj get taught has issue with something you've bloviated out of your mouth jj gonna let you know and if he don't have any use for you, his facial expressions, his body language or the words that he chooses to spew out of his mouth is going to let you know that. And I love it because it's exactly how I am. J.J. Reddick on first take is nothing that I haven't asked him to be. He is authentic. He is knowledgeable and smart as hell. Sometimes he could come across as arrogant as shit. And I love that, too. It's not like he doesn't have a reason to be. He's a big time basketball player in high school. He was a big time basketball player in college at Duke University. I wasn't able to pull off either of those feats. He's highly knowledgeable about the sport. He's very intellectual. He's just going up. He was just going up against this wannabe star 
that went to an HBCU school that couldn't shine his shoes as a basketball player or any of the NBA players that I've covered in my career, but is filled with knowledge from legends. Clarence Big House Gaines, John Cheney, Larry Brown, John Thompson, to a lesser degree, the Pat Rileys of the world, and various others, the late, great John McClendon, who invented the fast break, who learned the game under James Naismith. These are people I didn't read about. I knew them personally. They sat me down and taught me the game. I had Larry Brown one time bring me in the back and use a clipboard to show me plays that he was designing and to give me the options that each play presented. When I asked J.J. Redick a question, why do you think I ask him? Because I know he's possessed with that knowledge and he could articulate and elocute a message for people about the sport of basketball that they need to know. It's all on purpose. It's not choreographed. It's not fake or fabricated. But I do agitate from time to time. I do get on folks nerves because I'm a journalist by trade. I probe. I investigate. I counter. I have information and I call bullshit when it's bullshit. J.J. Reddick is not the only person that I've tangled with on first date. I've tangled with Ryan Clark. I've tangled with Marcus Spears. I've tangled with Dan Orlovsky. About the only person I didn't tangle with was Tebow, Tim Tebow, because he's my friend and he's a very nice guy. And damn it, when I feel like I get on him too much, I almost feel like I'm destined for hell because he's such a wonderful, wonderful human being. I almost feel like I deserve to be crucified for insulting him. I've tangled with Molly. I've tangled with Mina Kimes. I've tangled with Jeff Saturday. Keyshawn Johnson has been my boy for 20 plus years. Michael Irvin, I live to mess with him. It's not fake. It's not phony. It's not choreographed. It's a natural instinct that I have because as a journalist and ultimately a columnist and ultimately a pundit slash commentator, I'm going to come at you because I know enough to challenge you. And to know when you ain't giving me all you got in terms of the knowledge that you have in your head. That's what I was getting at J.J. Reddick about. And he clapped back at me. But don't think for one second we enemies. We're not. We're colleagues. I ain't going to say we friends because we hang out together and all of this other stuff. Because we don't do that. But we easily could be. Because I got love and respect for the brother. He is always welcomed on first take. He is always welcome to come at me. And if he steps out of line or does something that gets a little personal, I'll check his ass. Just like he checked me. That's why first takes number one. That's why we've been number one. Because we're as real as it gets and it's led by me. Ain't a phony damn bone in my body. I swear to you on the soul of my mother. I'm a real one. For better or worse, what you see is what you get. It's who I am. I don't go home and pretend to be somebody else. I don't look in people's face and do one thing and be another. Good, bad or ugly. You know the storylines that have been associated with me. The fact of the matter is, 
When I've had issues, no matter what y'all have learned, trust me, I said it to their face. They know where I stand before it was ever publicized. I'm that kind of dude. And I will never change. Which is why I got love for J.J. Reddick. Because I know come hella high water, he couldn't change if you paid him. He is who he is. As is the case with everybody I've personally handpicked to be associated with the number one sports morning show in television for the last 11 years and counting, which is first take. ESPN gave me that authority to handpick everybody you see. And not a single one of them have let me down. Especially J.J. Reddick. Stay you, my brother. Look forward to seeing you every Tuesday and Wednesday during the NBA season. Number love for you. Same as Mad Dog. Same as the rest of my crew. That's what we do. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So y'all go ahead with y'all viral stuff trying to create a narrative. You can create it all you want to. I actually have the narrative. First Take is my show. And so is the Stephen A. Smith show. You don't get to have the last word on this topic. I do. J.J. Reddick and I are just fine. And he's always welcome on first take. Because he is. Just the way he is. Same as everybody else. Remember I said that. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Enjoy your day. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.